If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like not happening. <laughs> so. We are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. If you listen to the Flatbed Podcast, you'll know we don't ask you for a whole lot. But here's what I will ask: if you could rate and review the podcast, it actually makes a significant difference in helping us get in front of the eyes of people who may not have found us yet. Rate and review the podcast. It would help us tremendously. It is a new day at the Flatbed Podcast. Let me tell you what I'm doing to tell you how it affects you. We are going into basically our second season. We're not calling it a season because I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, we're into our second year. That's all that means. We're adding a subscription option. What that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode, but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode. With every guest, we're asking stupid questions. We're going completely off script. We're just going according to what we think would be funny. Um, it's just bonus content. And what I what I found is you get a little a little better look into the person that's on the, on the podcast. Instead of being stiff or formal, um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the like the live reaction. We've said it's like an ink blot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've I've loved the bonus content because, like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in uh, the studio. Uh, for the month, it's five bucks for the month for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does. By helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like, go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, And I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but... Uh, you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. I know we made a trip to Texas, so... Um, we're adding the subscription site, but the truth is, honestly, even if it was doing nothing but funding my rock star recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, $1.25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcast without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The Flatbed Podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality, it's brought to you by other people. In the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast, there are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. So part of what I do um, with the podcast is I answer a lot of social media questions or text messages from people asking questions about the products that we stand behind or that stand behind us. Um, I don't know what I can say about equinity that hasn't already been said, um, but one of the questions I get is like, okay, all right, but like for real, but actually, you know, what, what, what's it actually do? And here's, here's my answer. 
It is the thing that you pour into your overall program with what you're feeding, the exercise, the worming, the things that you're already doing. And Equinity is the thing that goes in and fills the cracks using a natural program that the horse is already equipped with. The pituitary gland is sort of like the gauge system or the gauge program within the horse's body that tells it when it needs what it needs. And this goes in and benefits that. Better, better joint health, uh, amino acid in the muscles, things like that. You get a calmer horse that's more willing to go to work. Um, you can check them out at teamequinity.com, teamequinity.com. And like I said, we spend all this time and all this effort on our horse. And Equinity is the thing at an affordable price point, by the way, that you can put through your horse's system that fills in all the cracks and you end up with a better, well-rounded animal to go do what you need to do. So check them out, teamequinity.com. We are with the wizard. Ryan Rouse is in here also, but we are with Lee Arrington from Community Coffee. Hello. I want to go on record as saying this before we start. Okay. We have no business dealings. This nope. is just people talking. And the reason I was so excited for this is that I love meeting the people behind the movement, right? Like all of a sudden Community Coffee is just blowing the doors off. You guys are doing great. And selfishly when that happens I've like growing up I was always, always thought like man I'd love to know the people you know there's somebody masterminding these things and so talk to Ryan he's like yeah let's do it thank you for jumping on oh you bet well thank you for having me I'm excited to be here we'll get to the coffee thing real quick um but then really I'd like to know kind of how it how it started so where what's your what's your background did you growing up did you always have this plan that someday you're going to be in the coffee business if so no I, I was not planning to be in the coffee business in an early age i'm so thankful now to be in it but um you know really this is a god moment for me personally and my family so growing up my dad was a uh, professional baseball player what and what was his name? Uh, Greg Ream. So Greg he Ream. was minor leagues and then got scouted out by the uh, Kansas City Royals. And during that time period, he went to Texas for his baseball training, fell in love with Texas, fell in love with the whole cowboy thing. He rode horses, but yeah. that's when he really found, you know. Caught the bug there. Yeah, I caught the bug there. My dad was severely, severely dyslexic, could hardly read or write. So thank God he had baseball and then he got into construction. He was very smart at building barns and fences or whatnot. So his roots really carried over to how he raised me. And then when he got into cowboying, you know, since the day I was born, we were on the back of a horse. I was always, you know, riding with him in the saddle, you know, before my legs could reach right, anything. Right, right, right. And then soon enough, I was one of those, you know, feral kids running around a, a fairground somewhere on a, on a horse somewhere. And so did, did he, did he get into the rodeo so in part of it? Rodeoed, really? I mean, his dream would have been to be a PRCA tie down roper. He was a left, he was a Southpaw and, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, that, that baseball career and the mechanics really right. helped him right with yeah, that. Yeah, it was a huge advantage. And so long story short, we were born in Ohio, but we moved to Texas because, you know, he went to Texas during those early days. And so we'd get to Texas and our neighbor across the street happened to be Bobby Seals, um, a multi-world yeah, champion yeah. tie down roper and we lived at Bobby Seal's place. His daughters were my babysitters. So we were just, you know, we were around the community the whole time. So I know this is going to sound like a sidetrack thing, but talking about the dyslexia thing in the Amish communities, they don't have learning. They, they don't have learning disabilities. They don't even acknowledge it. And so somebody was asking, they said, what do you do when there's someone like with dyslexia yeah. or ADD? And they yeah. said, we don't have that. They go, that's impossible. You don't have anybody with that? And they said, no. They go, okay, so what do you do with kids that like can't sit still and want to be busy? And they're like, oh, that, we love those kids. Those kids get to go work. So yes. they just, they send them out to work with their hands. Yes. They don't treat it like a disability. Yes. And it's cool when you hear people that had 
like classroom struggles, yeah. but then became a success because our educational system says that's a disability. But in the real world, those guys that want to work and be busy and go yes. and they're motivated, hugely successful. Well, I think it's going to be it's going to be my purpose, you know, in life whenever I can, you know, get more time. I have five kids, four of which have learning disabilities. I mean, it, it does run in families. And when you say learning disabilities, we don't tell them, hey, you have a disability. You have an ability. In fact, sure. you have a superpower. It's just, you know, we're not, our, you know, our, our, our children, as you mentioned, you know, we can't sit still just to, you know, it's hard. These kids sitting still, you know, school system supposed to be a certain way. And so long story short, Thank God, you know, whether it's, you know, it was baseball or sports, um, cowboying really, you know, filled my dad's bucket up yeah. and made him feel important, made him feel valued. And he found a camaraderie that is yeah. second to none, yeah. you know, and found people that were like-minded. And so being raised in that environment was extraordinary. Now with my children, you know, I look and, and you know, getting back into community coffee and just being about community – I know how many lives we can touch, you know, sure. by bringing kids over who maybe think that they're, you know, uh, can't achieve in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's not one path. There's multi-path. So long story short, this whole rodeo, like I barrel raised, pole bended, goat tied, you name it. I didn't go into high school rodeo. I kind of was chasing boys a little too much uh -huh. at that point. It'll happen. Um, I'm, and um, I have a wonderful husband of 25 years. And What's his name? Good. Chad Harrington. Shout out Chad. He, he is he is my ride or die. Love him, love him. But um, West Texas boy. Um, he also where, rode horses. Where in West Texas? Uh, he, uh, Midland. So oh, yeah. he went to Greenwood yeah, yeah. High School, a little small town. I went to Pilot Point High School, a little small town. So. Yeah, that's out there, like, where the Friday Night Lights. Yeah, he was out there by the Odessa Permian mm -hmm. um, and whatnot. And oh, yeah. I think he was chasing girls. <laughs> 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 I think, and then we found each other. But, you know, what connected us is, first and foremost, was, you know, we're from small towns. When you're from small towns, you know, there's just a connection. It's that, a culture, yeah. It's a culture, right? And then both being raised on horses and hard work ethics and just, you know, doing the, the tough jobs. Yeah. I mean, my, um, I have two brothers, but they didn't come along until I was like in high school, college. So my sister and you I. You have two brothers that are what, like. Yeah. So my, so they are about 10, 15 years younger than me. Okay. Be honest. Let's be honest. Cause you're old enough at that point that you know how life works. Yes. Is it an awkward feeling that your parents are still creating babies? Well, my, my, my parents divorce. And what was the weirdest thing is going to the mall with my dad and my younger brother and people commenting me on my and saying thinking that is my child and that is my sugar daddy. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my real daddy. I am. It's sister. just one of those things like, uh, Hey, guess what? Uh, uh my wife's pregnant. You're like, uh, stop. I don't even want to know no. about it. Yeah, exactly. Knock it off dad. Well, and, and what was funny, I think he had that moment because, uh, he had twins. The last that they had were twins. Oh, and I well. think, yeah, my dad was like, what are we doing? But my sister and I, I mean, my dad had a backhoe, so we, I mean, we could run a backhoe, dig a hole, we could weld a fence. We you guys could, were the sons he always we wanted. Sons, exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, that's helped me in life. It's helped me in business. You know, when people, you know, get, you know, a little wore out or this is too tough, this is too hard. Yeah. I kind of look at them and, you know, I say cowboy up, but. Getting back to your original question, you know, I, so I grew up, you know, you got a little bit of inside of how I grew up. Um, uh, I went to Texas A&M. I'm an Aggie. I'm very proud of that. I, I believe Maroon. Um, love that school. Love the culture, the values, the military, the support of military. And, you know, 
people always there's a lot of Aggie jokes and whatnot. Right. I think it's just I know all of them for you the know, record. You know, you probably do. And we we hey, we have a good sense of humor, so we're all good. But that school um aligns a lot with the values sure. that you see over here. And so when you when you went there and, and you're young, right? Like yeah. when, when people are younger, there's no way they can map out what life's gonna be, right? right. But when you left to go to A and M, did you have an idea of what you intended to use that for? Not really. I mean, I mean, if anybody says they got it figured out, I just, you know, wow. Yeah, yeah you're, good you're luck. impressive. Yeah. You're, it's kind of a unicorn. Um, that's it's hard, right? Because you don't know. You're like, okay, it's now time to go make money. What am I going to do? Did you have like an inkling of where you hoped life might go? I, I did. I mean, I've always had sort of a creative side of my brain, and then um, I knew nothing with math because I hated math. Amen. <laughs> uh, so and. And, you know, I like to have fun and I like to be out and about. And so I went to A&M and, you know, in my little small school, a, a large percentage of us went to A&M. You know, at that mm -hmm. time, a lot of the kids from the rural communities, you know, went to the school and it wasn't over, yeah. so overwhelming and in a great education system. And well, it was like the rural university in Texas. Like if you had any ag background or aspirations, well, A&M. Texas A&M Agricultural Mechanical School, that's yep. one. I mean, you've got Tarleton State. You've got, um, shoot, um, I'm trying to I would say, I would uh, say. Texas Tech is a great I school. I would say that uh, Tarleton, correct me if you think Tarleton. I'm wrong. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something. You say yes or no if you agree with me. Okay. I think when someone really intends to like take life super serious and they're going places and they're like highly ambitious, very astute, articulate people, Texas A&M. When someone wants to be a part of the Texas scene and maybe rodeo, but they don't want to disappoint their parents and go to a junior college, but they want to kind of land right there above junior college, but maybe not shoot for Texas A&M, Tarleton. Would you say that that's close? I would. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends that went to Tarleton and are very successful. Heck, yeah, it's a good and school. I think, you know, it goes back to what you said. The education system sometimes can uh, drain you of your belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know... There are universities with all kinds of accolades. And what I look at is what's most important is the culture and Amen. allowing the ability of anybody from any background to believe in themselves. And Tarleton is one of those schools. In fact, I, this, I do not want to go on a huge tangent, but this will send you on a tangent. This is a my podcast. First, do it. That's what we do my here. My firstborn are triplets. So I have triplet boys. You, what? What? And they... <laughs> Yeah, I do. And they go to southeastern Louisiana, which is a small school, sort of like a Tarleton. And two of them, um, ha so one is on the spectrum, but high function, great. I mean, mm -hmm. th th we don't use those labels around our sure, house. right. But um, going to some big, fancy high schools, they kind of, you know, I would say lost some of their belief, the spark. They go to southeastern and... The one that was told that he could never go to college and the faculty and everybody said, oh, he, you know, we're going to have to take down his, uh, he's got to take different classes that won't make him, you know, be able to go to a four-year university. And we said, no, you're not going to do that to him. Good we're going to not close those doors. Well, anyways, he made the dean's list and has been on come ever since 4.0. So come on. when you talk to me about Tarleton, you know, I think the youth of today, if, if you want something bad enough, um, you know, book smart is one thing. I've met a lot of people that, are book smart, but are not functional in the functional. world. Like they don't have the, the right. street like, smarts to survive. Exactly. And so, and I'm not dogging, you know, I'm not dogging anybody in here, but 
I think if, if, if that's a message I can send out because, um, you know, things don't come easy and not everybody's, you know, got, you know, born to do, um, math very well or, right, or other right. things. So long story short, um, I have a lot of great friends in Charlton. It's a great rodeo school. Great it's community, great, great community, culture, great town. Yeah. Safe. It's good. And you know, you want your kids to be around that. So, um, well, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, like in school, I really, I, I'm not saying this to be funny. I really thought I wasn't very smart. And like, I was good with that. I didn't like school anyway. And it was like, I don't like school. School doesn't like me. No problem. We'll shake hands and walk away. And years later, like late twenties, early thirties, um, I started listening to podcasts and audiobooks. And what I found is if I can be out busy, you know, if I'm yeah. riding horses or working yeah. or we, you know, we ran a, the cattle program and all of a sudden what I realized is like, there are things that I like learning as long as I got my headphones in and I can be busy. Mm-hmm. I love philosophy. I love psychology. I just, I, I nerd out on it for hours and hours and hours and hours. And what I found was I'm not, it's not that I'm stupid. I can't sit and look at a piece of paper. Right. I can't sit at a desk and I would love to think that there are people that would hear that and go, Oh, wait a minute. You know, if I could learn this, uh, you know, verbally instead of audibly, that for me, that made such a big difference. And what it really did is it kind of disappointed me that for all those years, I almost felt failed by the educational system because I mean, I got through it, but I hated it. And if somebody would have said there was a different method by which I could have achieved whatever, now all of a sudden I'm like, man, I love, and not only that, I love being educated. I love knowing things about the world. I love discovering things that I didn't know if I can listen to them on headphones. Well, you sound very much like, you know, me and a lot of my, my children, um, you know, the one that was struggling the most, he has, he had some, not more than dyslexia, but other things, but it was really hard for him to learn the ABCs. And, um, we, we put him into some occupational therapy just to kind of understand, you know, I really, I'm very curious about how the brain works and how, you know, everybody has unique God given talents and the way that it work. And, He'd have to do jumping jacks and run around the house yes, and then ma'am. say the letter A, you know, and he would trace it in sand. And that was that sensorial mm-hmm. activation. Yep. And boom, he learned the ABC. Instantly. So you well, look at that and say, was that just... child not smart? No, it's just the way that, you know. The good way on you taught. guys for pursuing that, too, because well, look what that does for him is all of a sudden he's got confidence. Like, oh, so I'm OK. Like, yeah, you're good. Like, oh, thank God. Yes. I thought, I mean, I thought this was going to be what life was. Absolutely. So for me, yeah. So that that's been a blessing. And um Anyway, so yeah, I um, you know, after A and I, I, you know, I, I went off and I um, I worked at PepsiCo for just a little bit, and then went up and lived in Cheyenne, Wyoming, for four years, which that Doing connects what? us to why we do so much at Frontier Day. So I worked for the TV station for a little bit, not on air, but selling advertising. Okay. And producing some really bad commercials. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, but I'll tell you, it, um, I made a lot of money in one uh, during there was the the Olympics. And it was during the um, women's figure skating. Okay. When the Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. Um, one of the best stores in all of everybody skating. Everybody wanted to buy ads. And so as a salesperson, um, it actually helped me pay off some college debt. So, so it was like it was coming to you instead of you going to it at yeah, that exactly. point. Like everybody wants to advertise. But, you know, um, that was kind of, that was a tangent. So you're, you're learning a little bit about my brain here. But um, <laughs> I want to remind what? you, that is what a podcast is. There is, <laughs> well, no, there is no tangent that doesn't oh work gosh. on a podcast. Can you tell my CEO that? Yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> hey, seriously, no joke. Like people, I, I've, I say it all the time. I don't think people buy products anymore. I think they buy people. They buy people and culture. You know what? You're right. And that's, that's how I live my life. Um, I'm, I'm in the same way, uh, you know, and I, I look at, you know, I look at the things that, um, God has put in my life and, you know, and it, it's so, 
it's so marvelous to look back and go, okay, now that all makes sense. So I go to Cheyenne and I'm working in TV station. I'm not making that much money. I'm up there. Um, I was up there for four years, got involved a little bit with the Cheyenne Frontier days. Obviously I grew up, you know, around horses sure. and rodeo. My dad would come up and always go to Frontier days. Well, that's not a bad rodeo to be in with. If you kind of like the oh, culture and like the, the industry. And, you know, and George Strait, that's, you know, back then you could two-step in front of the stage out in the arena. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. So, anyways, do all that, um, thinking that I was going to have to maybe not pursue a marketing career because that's kind of where I, I kind of dialed in the creativity. I'm like, you know, I think I want to market things. I want to do stuff. I ended up going back to school and trying to get a degree in accounting, thinking, you know, accountants can work anywhere. Um, I was the most talkative accountant in the department when That's I, not a problem. I'm a very extroverted long story short, and I'm not going to go through my whole background, but that marketing accounting background, when I moved back to Texas, keep, keep talking. This is my alarm going off. I'm not ignoring you. And no, texting no, you. you're fine. So that interesting background of marketing and accounting, um, when I moved back to Texas, Quaker state motor oil was moving their world headquarters and they were looking for someone with that unique background. And so I got into automotive Really, and we were sponsoring Jeff Gordon, Terry Labonte, Ricky Craven. So motorsports, I fell in love with NASCAR, and you know, I think there's a you know, if you like to ride horses fast, you like to drive fast too. So it's, there, there's okay. Let me see if I can connect this. This is going back to like my brain science stuff that I really enjoy. Right, is that there is a dopamine yes connection that can be fed from any thousand different elements, right? And it seems like the people that want to go fast also enjoy high speed um, lifestyles or conversations or people or paces. And it just, it's all that same button. It's like it becomes part of your life no matter what avenue. Yes. It's all part of that same yes. pursuit. And, you know, that automa that that motorsports world, that community small, very much like the Western world. Really? And I learned a lot about partnerships you know, beyond just let's put a logo on a side of a NASCAR, right? Yeah. I learned much deeper building relationships. So I did that. Wait, for, don't skip. Don't skip. I, for those of you guys who don't know about Bale's hay, let me just tell you, it has changed the way that I feed alfalfa. I feed so much less hay. Um, part of that's with my partnership with Unbeatable, which by the way, check them out also. But I feed less of it because it's so dense. It's such high quality stuff. It flakes off in like little bitty flakes. It's, I, I've joked every single commercial. It feels like something you would eat yourself. It just has that deep, rich smell. It's very leafy. Great, great quality stuff. But they also have a storefront there in Buckeye. Um, you can check it out. It's down there on, uh, on Highway 85 uh, in Buckeye. They're now an ADM Mormons feed dealer, which means not only can you go get the best hay in Arizona, you can also get all types of feed for and hay for all kinds of animals. Uh, the Mormons, you can check it out. The Mormons feed all the things that they bring. So not only is it the best hay, not only can they deliver, not only is the best quality hay I've ever fed, you can also go check them out at their storefront in Buckeye and pick up Mormons feed, kind of a one-stop shop thing. Check them out, baleshay.com. The update that has cost me almost the sanity of my brain almost the function of my phone and has taken so much time away from my day. That sounds negative, but it isn't. Everybody wants to know, how's the Pro Series lights? I got them in. Andy, on his way back from Vegas, stopped and installed them up here at the arena. You guys, these Pro Series lights from Ranch Hand Solar Lighting, holy cow, they live up to the hype. We rode the other night until about uh, maybe about one o'clock and we get done and we realize I was talking to my buddies because we still have some of the thousand watts uh, supplementing the few that they brought out. And we get done and I go, hey, we never turned the thousand watt lights up. We roped the entire time 
with our thousand watt lights on dim because the pro series laser lights are doing such a good job uh if you've waited if you've been kind of kicking around i don't know solar maybe i don't know i will post pictures also but the update is this they are amazing you will not be disappointed check them out ranch hand solar lighting you want to hear the coolest story coming out of wickenburg this winter because i've got it the 1017 project uh the flatbed podcast downtown arena rancho rio roper nation and the town of wickenburg are all partnering you heard me right all of those all of those entities are partnering to put food in the food bank through the team ropings so what we're doing is we've started the we heart wickenburg series this winter uh, all the podcast sponsors i've got boxes from aquinity i've got boxes from cinch i've got boxes from equibrand uh, ranch and solar lighting has donated a set of arena lights Unbeatable Feed has an entire truckload of feed that they have donated to the We Heart Wickenburg series. The first one's going to be November 10th. And what we're going to do is we're going to use the money raised at those events to put hamburger into the food banks here in Wickenburg. Uh, Christy Henson has an entire team of people assembled um, to distribute the, make sure that, hey, listen, listen to this number. They said that 70% of the kids in the Wickenburg school district are on food assistance, which means we have got this tremendous food insecurity uh, situation in the heart of the team roping capital of the world. And so everybody's coming together. We're partnering to eradicate that. Shout out to the 1017 Project for the work that they're doing, helping organize it. The sponsors, the arenas, the producers. Coolest story ever. And you go, how can I get involved? November 10th is the first one. We're going to give out tons of little trinkets and prizes and things like that. It's going to be at Downtown Arena. Shout out Mike and Karen Fuller. Anyway, cool story coming out of Wickenburg. Be a part of it. It's just a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a feel-good thing, and it actually is making a difference. The ropings will still have the regular payout. If you win the rope and you still win the money, the fundraiser is what is uh, what is made that day will go to put hamburger in the food bank. So you don't have to enter the rope and then donate everything you win or anything like that. It's still just a regular team roping. Deeper building relationships. So... I did that Wait, for... Wait, don't skip. Don't skip. Because I, I think you just touched on something that's, that I love and that I'm really important. I th really think is important. When you said it's not just putting a sticker on a car, I don't want to skip over. I did not mean to interrupt, but no. I want to know more because I've got, a, I've got a, a philosophy on how I try to interact with our sponsors and brands and things like that. And it's more of a cultural interaction than yes. a transaction. I don't, I don't want to do anything that's transactional. I want to be in a relationship that's symbiotic. And for that reason, I won't take on products that I wouldn't pay full price for. I won't take on people that I wouldn't do business with. And I won't do business, even if I like the product and I like the people, but I know that our people won't buy the product. I can't in good conscience say yes to partners right. that I can't help, right. right? And I mean, that's it's cost me money. To be honest, it's cost me more money than it's made me as we're kind of getting rolling. Yeah. So when you just said, don't just slap a sticker on a car, I, Tell me about that because that's something I I love. Absolutely. So um, we're nothing without people in our lives. It starts there. The nucleus of that. Life is short. It's fleeting, right? Um, it should be no different in who you want to do business with. And, um, you know, for me, it's always been about – it's pretty – surface level to say okay is does this fit our strategy um uh, is this a great product or great right. brand yeah, the to due me diligence those, those part. are the, that's the one-on-one part for mm -hmm. me um but something that i'm very passionate about and i'm not the brainchild of this i'm not the all-knowing yoda of this but i took a lot of lessons from mr simon sinek and there's you know videos about how finding your why 
not just you as a person, but the, as a company, sure. when you know your North Star, what the purpose yeah. is for your company, right. your brand, meaning we're not here to say, oh, I just want to make as much money. I want to sell as much coffee. Right. It's, you know, our purpose has got to be able to give back to society. Otherwise, yeah, what gap are you filling? Humans by doing don't that? need yeah. another coffee brand. People don't need another, another company to sell them another widget, right? right. What they want is something that's going to make this world a better place. And Correct. for me, I want to know every single day that when I leave my family, I'm doing something that can do that. So when we're doing a partnership, I'm looking at the people across the table in their eye, in their hearts and say, okay, are these people doing yeah. the same thing? Are they trying to create a movement to really do better? I heard a guy say one time, Steve Stone said, culture is only this. This is all the culture is. It's when a group of people agree on what is important and what isn't. Oh, and yeah. then they hold to that. And because that's, that's culture, because some people will really emphasize things that I'm not really into. It's like really what they're into. Yeah. Well, we can be friends, but we don't have the same culture. Right. But when I'm around people that share the same culture, it feels like I'm building a community because there's a kid coming up trying to decide who he wants to be in the world. And so when there's a brand that really makes culture important to them, and you can kind of bring that kid into, you know, a life that's going to be like honest and integrity and look yes. people in the eyes and be honest, even at your own expense. And you're, you're creating a legacy, right? So, so I, to take community coffee or the flatbed or all the different things that we do, those elements that have a shared culture, you know, when they are sort of in this same little movement, then there's even yep. people I think that have gotten lost and they look up and they're like, man, this isn't really who I thought I was going to be. But every time I look over there, that group is doing something different than the way I do it. And it seems like they're happier and their group of people are more loyal. And it, it does start to sort of spread out. Yes. Is that a good way of saying it? Absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why Community Coffee is 104 years strong, fifth generation, family owned same values from day one to where it is today. We know our North Star and our purpose is to bring joy to communities everywhere through a great cup of coffee, through great products, because we know conversations are held over, over the products that we serve. Coffee, you know, if you think about it, it's served in good times and bad times. Yeah. And um, we're humbled that our product could be and show up. In fact, um, you know, one of our, fa one of our fastest you know, growing segments within community coffees, hospitals. And you think about there's good things that happen sense. in hospitals and yeah. there's not so great things right. in hospitals and people, you know, and so not many products can show up into a person's life. And so we take that responsibility very serious that yeah. everything we do, we say has to be as good as our coffee. And more importantly, to your point, culture and being that Community Coffee is found in Baton Rouge, right there in southeastern Louisiana, where hurricanes you yeah, know, certainly right. come through. The partners that you have around us, it's not when things are great, right? right. It's when things are really bad is the true test of the character of the people that are that's around the structure. you. That's how you, that's how you determine the strength I, of a structure is the stress it can Absolutely. Do. You know who shows up and then who doesn't, you yeah. know, where words and actions may not uh, align. And we, we go into the storm hours after, I mean, we were staging and that to me was one of the big selling points to come over to community coffee. I mean, never my wildest dreams, what I've, you we know, skipped, we skipped like a large part know, of your story. Like, we got to go, we got to go back. You don't in a know second. this. Like I have automotive, I have this whole beauty and personal care. My, the bulk of my experience what? is actually beauty and skincare and co color cosmetics. And so a whole, so I went from hold, automotive. Hold, listen. hold on. Automotive. <laughs> 
Listen, I don't know that you and I doing a podcast is a good idea because I skip all over the place too. And you skip, like I'm speaking this, but I'm just imagining that somebody <laughs> listening to the episode is like, what is wrong with these people? We're like Sorry. ADD squirrels. <laughs> hey, let's throw Coleman Proctor in here. We'll have a really good time. Sorry. So you leave the automotive. I want, cause I want to hear that. I want, cause yeah. it's all part of the story, right? So yeah. you leave there, go where? Yes. Okay. So I leave Quaker state and, um, Listen, I don't know how to rebuild an engine. That's the one thing my dad didn't teach me. I could well, but I couldn't rebuild. He, I do know how to change oil. But um, I thought, you know, um, at a later time, she's like, you know, maybe the next step is, now that you've learned these things in business, is go into a product that maybe you use or that you like. Mm-hmm. You'll be more intimate to it. Sure. So long story short, um, I was very blessed to um, have a, a great career um, at Mary Kay headquarters and helped develop products uh and ran a global division over there and wait wait did you just skip over ran a global division like it was like you mentioned what you ate for breakfast that seems like a fairly sizable achievement it is but how I'm, long did it take you from start to I, that i worked there for 14 years i think um it took me about uh six years um to get to that level but I that must, still seems fast it is i think part of it is it goes back to um you know that's where my creativity, my Western roots, mm. I see the world differently. Um, you know, I want to go walk the floor of the manufacturing plants. I want to go see exactly mm-hmm. how things are made. It makes me a better creator, innovator, sure. marketer, business person. I also don't back down. I'm a pretty tough cookie. And, you know, working in automotive and, you know, I think I was the only female there for a while. Like, I just, I'm one of the guys. And so... This is a clean podcast. So I'm so, not going to say some things. So, you, well, <laughs> but anyway, well, but did you did you so, feel like that as you start? Because you say that, and that makes perfect sense to me that something like that would have a successful uh, trajectory. Did you feel like you had to face some resistance from people who had been there longer that just weren't having the success? I, I would almost think that would ruffle feathers, climbing a ladder, just by doing things right or doing it well or wanting to know the grassroots. I would say. Um, Perhaps some, um, for sure. But um, let me tell you, Mary Kay Ash is who taught me how to be an executive leader. Um, she was not live. She was living a time, but had had a stroke. But you know, her lessons, her books that are out there. Um, she has a saying, and this is something I carry with me all the time: is if you can go through life picturing that everyone has an imaginary sign around their neck that says "Make me feel important." Yeah. And so when you're rising up through a corporate culture or whatever you're facing in life, you know, you've got to be empathetic, right? And part of that empathy is always knowing the people around you want to feel important. So if you do it the right way, you're not going to, it's not like you're eclipsing them and now they're, you know, uh, it's like we're fierce competitors. They're part of it. And you want to make them see that by you winning, we all win and we all can win. And so I spent What's, a great 14 years there and, and I've carried those lessons with me. And, and that's why, you know, it's. So when you say make me feel important, what is the, what have you seen is the universal thing that everybody needs? What's the one thing that everybody makes everyone feel important? Is there one thing that everybody holds? Yes. Everybody wants to be heard. This sounds this sounds stupid, but when I started the podcast, the truth is I wanted to hear the stories, but it would have been weird for me to be like, if without the podcast, can you imagine if I'm just walking around Vegas for no reason, <laughs> I run into Ryan and I'm like, hey, can I just go talk to Leah for an hour for no reason? It would have been weird, right? <laughs> so the podcast was almost like a, just like a mechanism for yeah. me to get to know the things yeah. that I wanted to know. Yeah. 
So it's a selfish thing. Like I just really enjoy it. Right. And what's crazy is the appreciation that people have when they come on the podcast that I, I was not ready for because it, it's like one platform that gets to tell the story to, you know, a lot of people. And I've, I, I really believe that people want to feel heard. It's not, it's not in a way to sort of like suck up to people. I don't mean that. But there is something cathartic about getting your story told in a way that, you know, deserves to exist. But but for that reason, it's why I could interview the guy that works the shoots and genuinely love how whatever his story was. Or, you know, we got to talk to Coulter Todd and like everything that went into that. That's a long way of saying I agree with you. It's funny to watch when people feel heard. It's meaningful to all of us. You know, know, there's that saying that God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. And um, I suck at that one. I try, but I I suck at that. Listen, anytime that, you know, there's conflict or strife or something, I look back and it's like, oh, yeah, I took that sign and ripped it up. Or I was talking over them. And, you know, because my brain does work fast. And that's something I, you know, every day struggle with because I have ideas flowing in my head right now. I mean, you saw how much we zigzagged on this, (laughs) this conversation, but... I want people to know, you know, I think for me, it's, it's important. And I tell my children, this is, it's really important to slow down, look people in their eye, listen to what they're saying. And you may not agree, but if people feel heard, it's amazing what can come out of a fruitful conversation together. Well, there's nothing worse than talking to somebody and they're looking over your shoulder, like trying to get to something different or they're like, they're just basically tolerating the conversation. That's kind of dehumanizing, you know, you can watch people autograph. I mean, that's one of the things when we're looking at athletes we want to sign. It's yes, obviously you got to have you've got to have the 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 skills in the arena, but it's how they act outside of that arena. You know, that's the culture though. It's the culture. You know, uh, autograph signings. Are they looking to see how many are left? or Are they spending that that quality time? Um, that that was a gift that I witnessed with Tim Tebow, and um, having spent some time with him, I really thought okay. I don't want him to get bombarded. I'm, you know, I was more or less his chaperone. Trying to look out for him. And looking out for him. Listen, he stayed way longer than we asked. He was genuinely interested in what each athlete does. Mm. He really wanted to understand rodeo. And it, I just, you know, my, my appreciation for him just goes, and his wife, Demi as well. She was just, just as similar. And I share that because last year we had Marcus Luttrell, um, you know, six, uh, uh, very intense individual. I want to say yes, sir, after he got done talking. Oh, but he you said you probably should have, honestly. Exactly. Like if you speak that guy, I think that's the universal yes, sir. And what he talked about is there the people that reach greatness are the people that are physically fit, mentally fit, and spiritually fit. And you can see in life where maybe you have struggles when those three, if those three are those three areas are not in balance. So I'll I'll add to that because I agree. We walked away from a corporate job about almost two year, year and a half ago. And, and I, I'd heard the term burnout. Like yeah. I, I, but to me, I was, I'm a worker. Like I like working. It's just go, 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 go. Same thing. When somebody voluntarily taps out, it just grosses me out. Like no one should ever give up on anything. And so go, 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 go. And I got to a place of burnout where I didn't know how to get out of it. And, and I found, it was almost like I looked up and I was stuck on a glue trap. Right. And I didn't feel like I was okay on the inside. And I, man, you want to talk about feeling weak. You feel like, how did I do this to myself? Or why can't I just like work my way out of it or just grab myself by the bootstraps? And like, it was a recovery process that took a while, but I didn't feel like I had anything to offer until I got that. You know, everybody wants to have something that they bring to the table. And if you're not 
you know, physically, mentally, and spiritually sound. That becomes the priority. You know, they say that people have a thousand problems until they're hungry and then they only have one. I think the same is true. It's important to take care of yourself and people that are workers and goers and doers that almost feels like weakness to stop and try to get healthy. But without it, man, it's hard to, it's hard to contribute in a, in a meaningful way when there's nothing to pull from. So how did you, how did you get yourself out of that? Um, I physically put myself under more duress. Like I went to work more physically because it had been more of a, an intellectual position that we were in. Um, a lot of thinking, a lot of meetings, a lot of people management, a lot of employee management and that kind of stuff just, man, it just drains me so fast. And so I spent, I've spent about a year and a half riding outside horses and training horses. And I still do the podcast, but that's like cathartic. I just enjoy that. Um, but I, I was able to physically just stay tired enough that you're not, and I, and I don't deal with any interpersonal inter, like conflict anymore. Like I, if I die at a hundred years old, having never had another actual employee in my life, I think that would be okay because I'm a middle child. This is not my podcast woman. This is your podcast. I'll give you, I'll, I'll cut this short. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a middle child, which means like I'm in that position in the family. You're like, I better not get lost in the woods because no one's going to come look for me. I know they would, but like I I was the glue. I was the fixer. I was the, the, you know, the peacemaker. And so what to have employees is extra hard for me because I always felt responsible for their well being. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to to tell people like, Hey, you're a grown up. like your okayness is on your plate. Um, and I just don't know. I just don't know if, you know, 30 employees is something that I was designed to manage because I feel too invested. Um, horses, I love love riding outside horses, love team roping, poured a lot into my kids. You yeah. know, my kids yeah. playing football and basketball yeah. and all the stuff. Um, I, I do think the fastest way to heal is find something to give to. Yes. You know, everybody thinks of healing as taking, and I don't think taking is a healing thing. I no. think giving is a healing thing. You you're, know, it's You're absolutely right. I mean... So many people, you know, you always hear that, the, the saying of work-life balance, work-life balance. It's, to me, it's not balance. It's, I think, and I, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress, so I'm not sitting here like I've reached the pinnacle and I know, um, and, you know, I have my own issues of trying to figure out how to keep my mind, body, and soul and everything in, in check and make my family happy and make my employer happy, make my employees happy and you can feel really drained at the end of the day at times and feel guilt. Or I, you know, I, that's I hate having to admit when I'm stupid, but I'm stupid. I had no idea, listen to this, I had no idea what a pole barn was. I thought I did, and maybe you think you do. You know, I thought of it as this big shed with wood structure and, and you know, maybe the tin goes halfway down or, you know, just, just sort of a, something you'd see a tractor or a four-wheeler park below under with a stack of hay. But I grew up in Texas, and so you don't build anything out of wood. Everything's pipe. So um, when I met Dan Scarborough, and he said he was building pole buildings. Instantly, instantly, this is the stupid part. I'm like, oh, a guy who throws up some little sheds. Go to, do me a favor. You go see how stupid I am. Go to roperbuildings.com and check out the gallery of what a pole barn actually is. This can be anything from a barn dominium. It can be a shed, but it can be a horse barn. It can be anything that you want to protect from the elements and no wood exposed to the sun. So, you know, my question was, what about here in Arizona? There were so many questions I had no clue. I had no clue what they were capable of. And Roper Buildings is not, no, I hope this is okay to say, Dan, it's not some mom and pop thing. Like this is one of the most premier building companies in the Western um, United States and has been for over two decades. 
You can check them out. Not only are they in central and southern Utah, they're in northern Utah, Idaho, Nevada, and now coming to Arizona. Uh, Dustin Searcy, who you met on the podcast, is going to be helping run things down here under under Dan. Wait until you see what's possible. They are engineered. They can be customized any way that you want it. You can build it the way that you want it. And you're dealing with people who have had decades of success in getting this right. So roperbuildings.com, check them out. And while you're there, check on the gallery and look at all that they're able to do. You guys, times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date. You can find the location. You can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com. The difference being you can look for only what you want to find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't want to find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out. Ropeandcalendar.com. I feel guilt. Or I, you know, I, that's something I struggle with is I'll, you know, I have mom guilt, friend guilt, oh, boss man. guilt, you know, whatever, you know, guilt. And something that stopped me in my tracks last year was I got diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh my gosh. And you know, I'm, I'm the person that would go to the doctor and always had the great blood pressure, all my blood you know, labs. You look forward to it because like, they're going to brag like, on I you. I am great. And next thing you know, I'm not great. And, you know, I'm not feeling like I'm sick, but right. I'm really sick. And having to, my husband and I get that news, I mean, it took the wind out of our sail. We yeah. didn't even know how to process it. And then the really the hardest part of that whole journey was actually looking at our children and telling them, and I have a 12-year-old daughter um, and so, um, it, they always say, you know, things like that will put perspective and boy, did it ever. Yeah. And, um, I, uh, in fact, I'm later today doing a, a talk about that journey. Um, but ever since that, and I'm, I'm good now, I'm cancer free, thank God. And I've gone through some surgeries and whatnot. I think it's something that I needed. Yeah. It actually was a blessing for me to get sick because it's really sharpening my focus on what truly matters yeah. in life. And um, do, you, do you think that it's caused you to um, prioritize in a way that doesn't allow too much? Like when, when something isn't high enough up on yep. your list of priorities, it, you just don't make room for it the way that you used to? Yeah, absolutely. That, that is absolutely the case. I also, um, on the flip side... I don't know how my husband feels about this, <laughs> but I stand with conviction even stronger. Yeah. Like if yeah, there's the something that, that I really care about it, I'm kind of in that mode of, I'm not going to cower yeah, down. I'm going to say, what, you on, know, yeah. it's take, you know, this is who I am. Your husband's like, in. that part has sucked. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. That, he's like, whoa. Hopefully that's not permanent. Who is this chick? <laughs> you know, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. But, um, and I certainly could not have done anything without it him and I called him my ride or die, but he has been there every step of the way. And, um, you know, we, there's no way we could have built what we have, well, we have five kids, the triplets, and then we have a 17 year old and a 12 year old. And he, he really is, runs the house. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I, I try to do everything I can do. And, but I have really great, I, I'm very calm in the sense that I've got him at home, you know, that matters. So, you leave Mary Kay. Oh yeah. 
Yes, let's get back to that. So I'll leave me okay. It's like, listen, this is an oak tree, okay? We know what the trunk is, and then we're going to go on this branch and this branch, but we will always come back to the trunk. We are good at this. We got this. Well, okay, so I left Mary Kay, and I went to um, a company that was owned by L'Oreal and Nestle and uh, ran a skincare brand called Cetaphil. Oh, my goodness. You need to look these people up because, who knows, maybe they might want to come over here and do some stuff. Really? No, that'd be great. (laughs) And, you know, I left there because that brand um, does a lot of work with kids with really serious skin diseases. Mm. I mean, it's so I can go on and on about that. But anyways, I leave there. I I work for Seafill. They have other brands. I'm working in skincare dermatology. Left there. Went to another um, company that does a lot of business in Latin America. Um, I love getting outside um, and just learning other people's cultures, et cetera. I'm just a sponge for that. And so worked in skincare. Then I can't, uh, we moved to California a little bit, beauty skincare. Then I come back to Dallas and I'm working on more of a dermatology, plastic surgeon line of skincare. Um, Oh, I forgot a whole thing in there. I I would say after, uh, sorry, after the Nestle L'Oreal, I went back into motorsports. Okay. I worked for a brand, a brand that had multiple, from Royal Purple, Bell Ray, some Motorola. So went back into motorsports, super, and then also Supercross, motocross. No way. Formula One, you name it. Again, I honed my skills on partnerships and um, really, there was a really talented driver that we sponsored named Townsend Bell who um, is, has been a sports broadcaster. His son's now coming up. And nicest man you'll ever meet. He was always thinking about how can we build relations? How can we connect your business to this business? How do right, we have shared right. values? So I learned a lot from him. Um, I, I never told him that. Maybe maybe he'll hear this. But I would love to meet that person oh, because that is, that is such a, a cool element. Not everybody's good at it. That's a gift. If somebody can connect in that way, that's the same as somebody being good at math or good at basketball. Like that is a skill that you're born with and you get better at it. Right. Absolutely. But. And here, you know, this man is a champion in his sport and is just down to earth as the day that he was just learning how to cart race. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, you know, that, that it's a humbling to be around those folks and it fuels me as a leader in, in what I do in business to, to look for those, that type of talent. So, yeah, so I went back to motorsports, and then I went back to skincare. And then here I'm sitting there one day, and Community Coffee calls me. And I have no idea how they found me. Like, they just called me up and said, hey, we're looking for someone to lead, at that time, the marketing world, at, or the marketing division. And um, we're in Louisiana. And at the, my husband and I were looking to move. We were in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, and we wanted to get more land and kind of move yep. outside the city. Yep. But then at that point. Baton Rouge is way outside the city. It is. <laughs> But um, in the industry I was in, again, I was in skincare. I was going to have to probably take a helicopter because how can I have a ranch no, right, and right, work in right. urban downtown nope. central you nope. know, city nope. land? Nope. That's always been my, if that's the one thing I could tell my college self, I would say, hey, you know, think about the Concrete jungles. If, if you want to live in rural America, you need to think about, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so when they called me, I was like, well, let's go check it out. And so we, we checked it out and... Um, met the family that owns community coffee got very close to um the just understanding their culture what the story was about community coffee and man if i felt home i felt like you know it's something it's an intangible quality and i couldn't shake it um we looked around the baton rouge area and i'm like man I'm, we're texas like Texas is home. How you know? Are we really going to leave Texas? Are we really leave Texas? Because when we went to California, we were only there for a little bit. It just wasn't home for us. We came back. Sure. 
But um, we couldn't shake the fact that this is an opportunity to work with people who truly care about their employees, who See, do the right thing. I mean, you're that's that's. You said earlier that you wanted to start a business that fills the gap, right? Yes. Like to, there are a thousand podcasts. There's a thousand coffee companies. The one thing I didn't feel like I could find. There's a lot of great podcasts. The one thing I didn't feel like I could find was a direct line of communication to the people behind the brands or the people. And I don't just mean brands as a company. I mean the brand of this person or this athlete or whatever. And that's what I love the most. And I didn't, I couldn't, I think instantly you seem like, well, I could never do that. Like I could never do I just wish someone else would, I wish somebody else had the ability to do it. And what you're talking about is like when you met the people behind the thing and that was because it was something I was so passionate about, that's the gap we hoped we would be able to fill. And what I have found is by doing that, I meet people that say that's something that was important to them. Like now there's almost a culture starting around the podcast because that's something that we are so passionate about. You run into other people are like, no way, me too. And that to me, yes. you're talking about culture. Well, community is that moment where you go, wait, you too? You go, yeah, you too. Like that's community. That's what community is. And so when you go down there and you meet the family, now all of a sudden the brand is secondary. Right. Like who are the people? Because if you know the people, you can predict the culture and the product that's going to come from that. You're a thousand percent accurate. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've been in some job interviews in my past and they, they're like, you went from motor oil to beauty. And I'm like, listen, that's easy. It, it's all about picking the people. Cause yeah. if the people are right, you're going to learn, you can learn anything. Absolutely. And once you get the culture and you show that and you truly demonstrate that you want to listen and learn and be a sponge and, and integrate, man, you know, any, any company, brand, family, whatever is going to open their arms to you. I mean, do, did I know anything about coffee when I joined? No, I didn't. I really didn't. I yeah. mean, I, I drank it, but I, I didn't know much beyond that. And, but I didn't need to. I mean, they right. have coffee experts. They have master roaster. I mean, right. we, we, right. we, they had all that. The expertise so was, is already there. The expertise is already there. They had 104 years. They don't need Leah Harrington yeah. to show up and show them how to make yeah. coffee. Teach me what I need to know. Exactly. I look at it as, oh, okay. I, what I looked at is the world needs to see this. Yeah. This is a, a kept secret. And the family that uh, owns Community Coffee is extremely humble. Let, let me tell you this story. So, the third generation family um, owner, Miss Donna Siraj, she um, came to her first NFR last year. Uh, we hosted her, and then we took her to the George Strait concert. That is her first concert in her entire life. And I think she's, she's at 84 the helm years old. Of the, no that kidding. humble. Like, here's a woman who owns a very large, in fact, we're the largest family owned retail coffee brand in the United States. We just passed up Dunkin' Donuts as the third largest coffee brand in the state of Texas. This is a family that can do anything yeah. and humble. Just living like they would tell me people. stories about they go on vacation and pack bologna sandwiches and get in their station wagon. Yeah. Man, I mean, you just they want to pour back right. everything that they they earn, pour back into the communities they serve. So here's here I, here's what I'll add to that. I, I freaking love that. Your average person who wouldn't know that walks into a grocery store, they're just going to grab something unless they know who they're buying it from. Correct. And the companies that will come down out of their ivory towers and come spend time with the regular people deserve, in my mind, they deserve the press. They deserve the attention. They deserve to have that story told. 
And unless there's a place that that story can be communicated, and I think it's getting better. You know, I think, I I think you're starting to see overall that people are willing to tell their own stories a little better. Um, You know, clothing brands. If I walk into a clothing brand and I'm just buying name brands, I'm probably going to look for what is cheapest, I guess. I don't, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. I don't really have, unless I have a relationship with the people behind, like for me, it's cinch. I've worn cinch since high school. You know why? Yeah. Why? At our Texas high school state finals, when we were nobodies and nobody knew who we were, cinch put through a party for us at our high school finals. And at a time when nobody cared about us, they threw a party and I've been a cinch guy ever since. So, you know, full circle, it comes back. Now we're doing this and, and I'm like, it's either going to be cinch or nobody because that's just who yep. cared about us. Yep. Community coffee. When you tell stories like that, that story that maybe, I don't know, maybe my dad's generation was different and my grandpa's generation. Maybe it just wasn't something that they had any interest in. You know, my grandpa grew up in the depression, so yep. he was cheapest no matter what, I, I, you know, but that's something I feel like that our generation is really looking for is something people of substance products of substance because there's so much glossy social yeah. media um i don't know just it just feels cheap it feels like a cheap human interaction yep. that when you find somebody that goes to their very first concert at 84 years old you're like man i'd support that <laughs> well because it's unnatural for them to go out and tell their story you know you think they're about it people they're not they're, whole, go, they're not yeah. like hey look at us and look at our social media and all that so that that's where I come in to say, okay, how can, how can I tell this story and how can I bring out the fruits of their labor in a way that people can hear? And what's an audience that's really is like-minded that could appreciate, you know, we don't have to say a lot of words because you can appreciate what I'm telling you about them, their family and the things that we do. And, um, it's been, it's been one of the most, spectacular moments in my professional career and personal life really to be able to come into a brand that's authentic about who they are. And then never my wildest dreams would I be working somewhere where I can come back into the Western Your industry, world. Yeah. I mean, L'Oreal and Nestle, do you, th- I mean, no, the, the, they're not going to ever, I was always kind of, you know, maybe missing this, like, you know, yeah, there was corporate Leah it. and I would go to I Manhattan and New York and then, there was totally get that. private Leah. Yeah. This, I could be my full self. So this and is identity, Leah. This, this is, is like, like you're fully in your identity. I'm like, I mean, we called Riley Webb earlier. And I mean, Riley Webb, I mean, we've known him since he was a little kid. I mean, my sister went to high school. He went to the same high school as me. My sister was in the same grade. Like we know the thing. It's just, you look back and I'm like, thank you. Thank you for the plan, God, that you put, yeah. like, you know, you, you, I, after high school, as I said, I didn't know what I wanted to be. And then I do all this zigzagging in industries. My dad's a tie down roper. And this, this is, this is going to tie it really full circle. Um, as you know, I, I told you, my dad was tie down roper, always going to Cheyenne. And then I had this chance to live in Cheyenne. I do that whole thing. Well, and then I get this job at community coffee. My dad passed away, um, several years ago of, of prostate cancer. Oh and gosh. so, um, every time I'm around in this industry doing things, I feel, I just feel his presence all the time yeah. Uh, yeah. anyways. But when I'm here, especially I, I see him, I feel him, et cetera. Well, anyways, um, I was at community coffee about, I don't know, maybe it was my first year. I just had my first year and I got a little, I got a promotion and I was so excited. And I was at the office late at night just sitting there reflecting. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to update my LinkedIn with my new title. And in my head, I didn't verbalize it, but in my head, I thought, man, my dad would be so proud. Mm. Well, right at that moment, my sister called me and she's like, hey, have you seen Community Coffee's social media? And I said, 
yeah, I run it. (laughs) She's like, no, the comments. There's a gentleman by the name of Jim McCartney that posts it. And she's like, Lee, I think that's dad's tie down calf roping buddy from Ohio. And I'm like, and so I told you I lived in Ohio and we moved when I was seven. But I remember Jim McCartney when I was a little girl riding around these rodeo arenas. He always called me Peaches. And as a little girl being called Peaches, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Oh, you're part of the group if you got a nickname. so I'm like, okay. And so Jim McCartney's out there saying thank you, Community Coffee, for supporting rodeo and the Western lifestyle. And so Lori, my sister, direct messages him and says, hey, do you know who put that together? Peaches. And so, oh, how ca- cool for him! So he calls back and um, basically gets the message out and says, "I'm so proud. Your dad would be so proud." Oh my and it gosh! Was that Did you and cry? I just start crying. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And and then you know we sponsors Cheyenne uh, Gilroy now McCartney did not realize that. So well met Cheyenne Shane Hanchy was one of our first first uh, athletes that we signed. Hold on real quick, because I want to hear the rest of that, and it's yeah. not to interrupt. I, I want We'll pick up at the Shane and Cheyenne story real quick, but I want to go back because did Community Coffee have any inroads into rodeo at all before you? No. How did I, I, I'm so curious how that initial conversation started. It was, it was pretty easy. Um, well, I, I see it as easy because, um, you know, obviously I, this world, I, I, I kind of, I know, but I, but, but again, I've ha- I feel like I've been in a coma for 30 years sure. in, my, in my corporate world. And then I'm flying back and I'm like, whoa, altars look very different than I remember. And right, right. <laughs> these saddle pads are a lot nicer. That's a head. good way of saying it. Like you woke up from a coma. It was like a, been coma. In a corporate it coma. It really was. Cause I was on that corporate, you know, train. Mm-hmm. So. It is a rare thing to have the unbeatable guys in the same room for all that we talk. Jason, Brian, the masterminds behind Unbeatable Feeds. Greetings. Howdy, howdy. Did you see this going this way a year ago? Not at all. A year ago, nobody had ever heard of Midwest Agri Commodities. We rebranded Unbeatable. It's amazing. Now everybody's heard of Unbeatable. Uh, Booth traffic, folks coming by saying, hey, started my horse on this. Can't believe the the results. It's amazing what what a year makes. Jason, what are you hearing from the guys that you've rodeoed with about the results they're seeing from all three of your products? Oh, it's very positive. Uh, it's funny, last year, like Brian said, you couldn't hardly get anybody to look at you. I mean, we sound like a tractor dealership or something, Midwest <laughs> Ag Commodities, which we're not, you know. And by rebranding and being on your podcast, social media, getting the word out there, people are trying it without... I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I got guys coming up to me that have been old friends for 15, 20 years and like, hey, man, I started feeding that beet pulp and that's just amazing what it does. And then guys feeding their rope. The new, the new, hottest thing going right at the moment besides our the blend product, the alfalfa blend, is the people starting to feed their rope and steers. Yep. And their breakaway calves and their rope roping calves just straight beet pulp pellets. It is the fountain of youth for older roping steers. The, yeah, the results you see from it are just, it's ama- its truly amazing. Well, and I, I never branched my whole life and, and never even crossed my mind. So I'll say this. You look at the video that Ren put out about his roping steers. You don't, it's cool. It's cool, right? But you, do, you don't do what you guys have done in a year if you're not getting the results when people try it. And so there's a science behind it. We know it's the fiber. We know the work that you guys put in to create a product that does what it says it's going to do. Congratulations. If somebody wants to go look at the science of the Unbeatable, we've got old episodes with all the details, but uh, just want to say shout out real quick. Check it out. Unbeatable Feeds. Uh, got the got the pro team out here having a good week. Thank you guys for jumping on. You guys can check them out at? www.unbeatablefeeds.com. 
We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know the people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at erinfreeman.realtor on Instagram and TikTok. Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin that, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happening in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Aaron Freeman. That's a good way of saying it, like you woke up from a coma. It was like been a, coma. a corporate it coma. It really was, because I was on that corporate you know, train. Mm -hmm. So... Once I learned community coffee, our purpose, who we are, our culture, et cetera, I instantly knew I know an audience that yeah. would absolutely, that we identify with. And we, we haven't introduced each other, community coffee and in the Western way of life. And so um, I knew instantly. And so I told, uh, we had a head of integrated marketing at the time who came from Kellogg's. And I said, I need you to call the PRCA. And he's like, Who? I said, the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, I need you to call them and find out if they have a coffee brand, if they need, you know, I want to go and I want to talk to PRCA. So we sure. start with PRCA. Then I call my, I call my brother-in-law, Ryan Rouse, who high school rodeoed with Trevor Brazil. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, it's not bad when you're living in North Texas. Doesn't hurt to have some inroads there, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, um, so I call Ryan, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, meet with PRCA. And I also want to, uh, to to lock up the National Finals Rodeo. I mean, I, I went to, I was, I can't believe I remember this, but um, I went to the National Finals Rodeo in Oklahoma City and Reba McIntyre. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, these, I mean. Big I'm, hair, the singing McIntyre. I'm dating myself. <laughs> um, but I knew the organizations and entities that we need to start with that would, you know, and so uh, start to lead us down the path. So PRC did you, was did just Did you one. get any pushback at all? Like, was there anybody in the company's like, well, Wait, what are we doing? I did this for about two months before I really brought it to our executive leadership team and shareholders because I really wanted to understand, okay, are there any other brands? You know, I haven't done business with PRCA. Like, what are they about? You know, right. from the professional Back to culture. Side. Everything you've done culture. has been culture. So, of course, that's going to be right. where you start. And, you know, if you want to, to help the athletes you really need to be a part of you know understanding you know what what's the mission and what mm -hmm. what's what's going on in, in in the sport of rodeo and then um from there miss uh, met las vegas events in the meantime i um i got with ryan i was like i want to start small with three athletes that will do right by us and um I also want to bring younger generations in. I want to make sure that we're turning on an audience that maybe had never thought about rodeo yeah. and, or Western. Um, you know, I live about 40 minutes from New Orleans, and there's a there's a whole community of kids that I, if I could put my arms around them and bring them onto a oh, ranch, we could I save know. lives. And so we signed, the first athlete we signed was Tough Cooper. Really? And Tuff wanted to know who we were. He wanted to know our value system. I sent I him some that. videos. I, I talked to him, and he, and he called right back and said, okay, you guys walk the talk. And, you know, he's a value-based guy for sure. Right. I mean, for he sure. doesn't take anybody. He's, in fact, booted off some brands off his, you know, he's tried to stream down. And 
and really is very choiceful. And so um, he was just so honored. And I was like, no, I'm honored. And he was like, I'm honored. You're honored. That's how it's supposed to feel right there. And then, you know, we're we're Louisiana. I'm like, I've got to have somebody in our home state here. And Well, there's um, only, I mean, there's obviously Shane Hanchi. And Shane has, I mean, he... He's he we he's our team captain. He has always got his cell phone on, helping to build. He's like the Townsend Bell I told yeah, you about earlier, and just really great connector to get us. He's the one got us connected with Cinch, and le- that led to many other conversations sure. with other brands. And then we signed uh, signed Shad Mayfield. Shad is a person that the younger kids really look yeah. up to, right? Yeah. And they're 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 looking at him, and they're like, "Wow, okay." You know, Shad, not only is he charismatic or whatnot, um, but, you know, he carries himself a certain way. He's got some uh, weird, like, like superstar aura, doesn't yeah. he? Like, and and there's people that rope. There's obviously a lot of people that rope, and they rope great. Shad ropes great. But, like, there is something about him that you just, you kind of feel it when he walks in a room. Yeah. And, I mean, all of our employees, when they meet these three um, gentlemen, they're just awestruck. They're like, wow, you know. Yeah, wait, they're still normal people competing in the world. They're just normal people, yeah. but it's just, and so getting the three athletes, getting in, and then I knew the first rodeo outside of that. So, because the PRCA, um, we, we locked up PRCA, Las Ve- and then um, uh, with Las Vegas events, got the National Finals Rodeo, and then um, reached out to Cowboy Channel. Cause I, I was like, wow, sure. You're this just is awesome. Taking off, yeah. And, and then I'm like, okay, we're going to do the granddaddy of them all. We're Cheyenne. I lived back in Cheyenne. To your, I back Cheyenne. to your past experiences. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden. Your whole life's story is kind of culminating. Exactly. Yeah. It is. Um, that's what I'm saying. This, this yeah. ride, this journey I've been on is you look back and you're like, everything had a purpose and a yeah. meaning is. And so we did Cheyenne and it has been the most spectacular, um, I guess, rodeo that we really get to get involved in because they serve. They have a pancake breakfast. Hey, well, so. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. That is market and perfection. Coffee and pancakes go really well together. 15,000 people a pop, and we are serving coffee out there, serving the community. We were in the parade this year. I got to drive the actual uh, chuck wagon, what? which I've never done before. The, uh, the uh, like bucket list that was awesome. So um, cool. We didn't run over anybody, so I was really excited. Dang it. I, I mean, know. oh, wait, good. No, that's good. No runaway. Um, <laughs> But and then we have the rodeo whole time. We shoot. If you see, watch Cowboy Channel, a lot of our commercials are shot in Cheyenne. It's a mm-hmm. special place for us. We give back to that community, and um, and it's a grand stage for yeah. the world to see. And just also the 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 history. You right. know, you can come out and really learn where where the sport rodeo comes from, and um, the great out west, and you know, going and seeing. Um, the Native Americans and, and all the wonderful things that yeah, they it's Americana. and it's, it's, yeah, it's the origins of, of, of this country. And so anyway, Cheyenne, it was, was on our bucket list. And then from there, it's just snowballed. It's almost, it's growing so much that I can't have, I don't have enough people to really do the, the outreach that we need to do. What has been the, the response from the company? Are they just blown oh, away? They, yeah. So, that's right, because I need to come back to that. So I, I got things going in the first two months before I signed the athletes because we never put our logo on anybody ever unless you were an employee. That was always like the third generation in the family had said it is, you know, our brand. You need right. to ride for the brand basically. Sure. Yep. And so here I'm – and we didn't do social media influencers. Like that's not who we were. That's Those not how we are. Those are actually two of my least favorite words. Social and so maybe when you said most annoying, maybe Kim Kardashian, maybe that there. I'm going back finally, to that question. Finally got to a bonus content re- yeah, sorry, call back. Kardashian. No, that's good. That was on. So I went to, so I went to our CEO and I said, Hey, 
um, what do you know about Rodeo and Western? And he's like, looked at me, he's like, why? And I said, well, you know, everything that this culture is about and that you've taught me, um, David, Bell David Bellinger's our CEO. I said, David, everything you've taught me about that culture, everything that, that is brought in, I said, this, this is the right audience. And he goes, if you believe in it, he goes, Let, let's take a look, you know, show me some more, you know, right, so stats, the due diligence type so stuff. So obviously sure. PRC gives me stats and all the, all the things that you do as a business and walked him through that. And he's like, okay, that makes sense. And I said, okay, um, I also want to sign three athletes and they're going to wear our brand. And he's like, oh, that's a tough one. Because that's a so whole new cultural step. That's a whole cultural step. He's like, I don't know. He's like, we're going to need to bring in the family. And so, um, you know, I, I told him about the back. And I said, listen, my family knows these people. Like, these are people that we, you know, we bet our life on. Like, my personal family, you know, right. my personal. I'm putting my reputation my on reputation the line for line these people, yeah. For these people. And. And the family said, if you believe that much, we'll tr we trust Julia. And so we, we went forward and um, we did our first Cowboy Christmas um, here at the convention center three years ago, did NFR and everything. Literally bawled like a baby when the first rodeo, the first night of the NFR, because it's like it culminated. Not it's just for community coffee, but life. my life culminated I, that I, moment. I get that. I completely understand that. I mean, I still get emotional every time I show up here because it's like I'm pinching myself and yeah, I'm also looking up to my dad me? saying, yeah. I see you, dad. Um, but anyway, so, and then last year we brought the entire family out and our entire board of directors and executive oh, wow. team. And for many of them, so this that, is their first rodeo. So that tells me that the results you were able to get reached it surpassed it their, their hopes and expectations it, it if they're coming out here they're happy with what's happening oh they came out and they met the people because you can't to bottle up this culture it's caught not taught you cannot teach it it's got to be put it in a powerpoint and say let me give you a powpoint presentation nope. and you've nope. got to feel it live it, it and is. they felt it lived yep. it and um <laughs> It's it's great for me. I like when I go back to home office, I see more people wearing cowboy boots and and cinch shirts. So it's becoming more a part of their culture it, also. In the same way you guys are coming in and is. making an impact in this industry, it's it making is. an impact there. And we've gotten connected and it's you know, it's not in any way to say, Oh, we're doing this to go make money. I think we've even forgot about that, honestly. Right. It's been wow, this feels so good. So much so that this year um, we flew out more employees than ever and we're doing employee training out here and feeding, our, yes. we're feeding our culture by, yes. you know, bringing them out to be a part of this, this, this tribe of folks. But that's what I mean. That's exactly what I meant earlier when I said, when you talk about culture that breeds community, because when a company and an industry share a culture, of course they merge and become a community because community is that moment where you go, wait, yes. you too. Yeah. Wait, yes. you too. No kidding. Like I found somebody like yep. my, myself. And so. To, to see it on that big of a, of a, a stage is, I think, I think that's how life works, which is also, young people listening, why it's worth it to do it the right way. Yeah. That's why it's worth it to cross T's and dot I's, even if no one's watching, even if nobody witnesses, because eventually you're going to, over a period of trial and error, you're going to find yourself surrounded by those types of people. You will find your community if you stick with your culture. That's so true. And this is not my saying, um, but but I, I hold on to it. And I always say, do the difficult right versus the easy wrong. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to do right sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I can throw out a bunch of one-liners here, but it ultimately, you know, I'm glad that every step of, 
of this path that Community Coffee has done, the difficult right versus easy wrong, it would have been easy just to throw money and put a brand logo and call it a day. Well, we've seen that. In this industry, we've all seen that, and they don't stay. No, and and we literally, I mean, the day that this ends, we're already in our planning means. We're, I mean, the amount of man hours, because we don't want to just show up. We want to, to just, we want to show up, and but show up right. And we want to show up and, and listen. And we want to, we want to, to do the right things and give back. I mean, every year there's there's a, a cause or some give back that we could do that's not budgeted, that's not in our plan, and we're like, this is the right thing to do. Let's yeah. go do it. We're gonna go do it. And so, you know, I look, you know, we do we do some other we do other sports. We do professional football and collegiate football, and you know, we we select those organizations based off culture as well. And again, every single one of these, we're not, you know. I always say we're not the, the biggest, you know, we're not a multi-billion dollar brand or, um, yet we're on that path. Um, so we're gorilla. We're very, so I'll, I'll yeah. tell you a little story. Like Grassroots. here, we've got a semi truck. We wrapped it with the athletes. Um, and we take that everywhere. It's a moving billboard. And, you know, we went to Home Depot and we light it up where we go. I mean, we try to get scrappy. Right. I go back to my days of my dad, you know, if you don't have money when you're growing up, you find, you get some you know, bailing wire and that's right. <laughs> one of the biggest duct tape and you, and you do what you do. And, you know, I, I remember my, us going down the road and my dad put strings on the windshield wipers to make yep. the windshield wipers yep. work. Yep. <laughs> I nope. mean, so I, hey, I, we, that's community coffee. Don't we you, will do that to do, I mean, we will do it right. But if we don't have the resources, the money, we will find a way yeah. and we will be resourceful and we'll show up and it's, and we feel better for it. Don't you think though, that like for all those years that you grew up without all that you want, and you are strings on the windshields and all the things that we get, you know, I, we grew up that money and <laughs> I'm still on money. Um, <laughs> but it's an advantage because you learn what you're capable of yeah. and now you're prepared to go into the real world. Whereas if you never had to face that adversity yeah. and one of the biggest compliments, it, it was like at the time it just came out of left field. One of the biggest compliments we've had on this, on this podcast, Billy Bray from Echo Brand, yep. she said, Jordan, everybody that throws hay over the fence every day listens to the podcast. She said, the ivory tower that doesn't have any dirt on their boots, they don't know who you are, but that's not who it's for. Yeah. And I was like, man, that to me was like, that's exactly what I wanted. I don't care about being, you know, featured in, in a, a culture that I don't want to be a part of. If I'm adding something like meaningful to the culture where I live, yep. like it made me cry because she said that. And I was like, I don't think she knows that. I was on the phone. I was like, oh, thanks. You know, and then I was like, <laughs> you know, like even talking about it now, it's almost emotional because I wanted so badly to have something I could contribute at a grassroots level like what you're saying, because you grow up scrappy. And so then if that, mm -hmm. if that is something that you're able to surround yourself with other people, somebody goes, Hey, the budget didn't come in. We don't have the money. We thought you look to your left, you look to your right. And people are like, Oh, we're, that's fine. That's just life. Right. That's just a Tuesday. We, we, I know what this, the plastic around bologna tastes like. I can go back to that. <laughs> yeah. We are going to get this done. Yeah. And somebody comes in and talks about money, 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 money. You're like, Oh, as a culture, that's not something we really prioritize. I get it. If that's your thing, that's fine. Yeah. But we're going to really prioritize this. And it, it surrounds you with those types of companies and people that, that do that. Absolutely. And, you know, as you're sitting here and I know you're getting emotional. No, I'm not. They, this is an audio podcast. Crying, if you're listening, if you're listening, I might, I, that is not true. Don't let no. that's. Hey, that's, that's a sign of strength, not weakness. Hey, well, it's, Jordan. but, but, but uh, as I'm looking into your eyes, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, my dry eyes. Yes. Yeah. So where I live, you know, it's humid and I back up to wetland. So every now and then we get cockroaches and I'll 
before about you know i have no problem i'll pick them up and think about, i mean right. my husband's like oh my god and i'm like listen these guys know, these are my old friends they've been around like, since the beginning <laughs> i've lived in you know not so great places and yeah. um you know when you're if you're in, if you find yourself you know whoever's listening if you're in that place it's that's a gift yeah because um you know every day you're learning you learn you learn more when you're in thunderstorms. And, and like I said, in the bad times, the bad times are what teaches you mm-hmm. to appreciate and to be able to persevere. I yeah. mean, you asked me, how did I rise up so quickly within, you know, that one organization? And I think it's because I had extra grit that perhaps other colleagues didn't. Yeah, it's a superpower. I, I just didn't know any. I mean, yeah. I, it wasn't like I, I thought I had something special. I never do. But there's things, it's a superpower. I have different goggles. I look through the, the world with different goggles that perhaps others don't see. Um, that well, was a gift. And, um, you know, I, I can tell you um, there's so many times that, you know, people are like, wow, you dress so nice or whatnot. That's why I'm that speed, I'm a speed shopper. I can go in and find, you know, I can make a $10 something look like it came out of a hey yeah like, this is like, this is my root like, well, so. don't you think growing up like that too and I, i'll let you go we're over the <laughs> yeah. time limit but don't you think growing up like that too you never pass a janitor oh or a, a, a security court. guard you'll never like for me i'll never pass that guy that he's not a human being doing something because that was that's my roots those yep. were my people that's what i yep. came out of i came out of blue collar and it's not an act. You know when it's an act. You know people like this. They pretend like, oh, I'm a, the politician. Like, oh, I'm going to shake hands with this poor person. Look at me. Yeah. And you smell it, right? It is not that. I genuinely have as much interest in the guy that might be working the gate as the guy that's on the football field. They don't seem that different to me. They don't seem like they're a different brand of human to me. And I think that's from yeah that being the roots you came out of. I Like, like I said, I mean, and I didn't talk a lot about my mom, but my mom also, she grew up in a generation where you, you grew up and be a secretary or, you mm-hmm. know, and so we, yep. we were very humble means. And so I'm so there. We have a gentleman, Ed, who cleans the toilets at our, you know, and, and keeps the coffee flowing. And every morning I'm like talking to Ed. And because when I look at Ed, I see my parents. Yeah. I see yeah. me. Um, you know, my dad would dig ditches yeah yeah he ran a backhoe and then he'd dig ditches I mean he was he was the blue collar man who was told all through school that he wasn't smart enough because of his dyslexia you know but he could build a barn he could weld he could build any structure there was without a plan a blueprint I mean that's genius he could I mean so I look at every single person and I'm like I'm almost uncomfortable actually to spend more time with the ivory tower people, I Same. really get uncomfortable. Same. I'd much rather be <laughs> with the folks that are more, you know, really doing the important work. Well, and more often than not, and I know there's exceptions. I'm not. There's nothing wrong with being in the corporate ivory tower. That's fine. But if you get a flat tire, the type of person that's most likely to show up first. Oh, absolutely. The person that doesn't have anything is typically the person that gives you the shirt. Yeah. That gives you the, yep. or shows up and, and changes your tire. Yep. And that's a shared value. I'm a giver. Like if somebody yes. ever tells me that they like something, like right then, right then I'm buying it on Amazon, sipping it to them because that's the kind of friend I would love to have. And I do, I have friends like that, but that's the kind of friend I want to be. It is, it is those types of people that are commonly in a blue collar position working, you know, an hourly wage, their family loves them, their kids are now going to college and outpacing their career uh, path. And those are the kind of people that just inspire me. There are times where I don't feel like I'd necessarily fit in a, in a boardroom around people that are, 
not that they're bad people they, and, and I like them. Maybe they like me, but it just, I'd never have that same home well, feeling. I am so excited about when we say blue collar, that blue collar is the winning, um, I mean, trade school. I mean, I was talking about my children earlier with, I mean, man, you know, college, you know, ha, I'm not going to not go into college. I mean, I've got three that are going in college, um, but I've got two that may go military. Yeah. They may follow up with some trade school or whatnot. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, that doesn't define anybody. Um, but if you're coming from humble means and you don't have a lot and you haven't, you know, um, the pedigrees and all that kind of stuff. I think, um, as you were talking, maybe what it is, is every time I see those people, I see me and you see yourself because, you know, um, it's weird when people ask me my title, I I never, (laughs) I shouldn't say never because you're not supposed to use words. Very, very, very rarely do I ever say my title when I do. I'm like, Mm. and people are like, excuse me, because it's weird. It's like, I'd, I'd much rather say I only get Harrington and I clean the toilets and I'm very proud well, of that. Like I'd much rather have, like, I, I mean, I just, it's, I get very uncomfortable and, um, boardrooms, you know, uh, in fact, I just came from our board meeting. I, I get excited to go in there to, to, to bring yeah, for the a new, function, a fresh perspective, a function, yeah. but also a fresh perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I identify with the people who, Maybe, you know, they've, they've reached the highest level, whether it's in, you know, bull riding or race car or CEO or whatnot, right. but still act like, you know, or not act. That's, yeah. I shouldn't say the word. Still are the very same per- person. They Do you know started. Eddie Prefert? Absolutely. Eddie. Oh, no. when I, when I, <laughs> I love when me I some think, Eddie. When I think of the perfect and combination. Family. Yeah. Oh, that family, gosh. to me, I don't know that I've ever met a family that represents both how I feel about the world. You're so right. But they're also so successful at a board level. And like, to me, those are the kinds of success that I would love to think that's what I aspire to. Not like I worked my way out of blue collar, right. so I'm going to separate myself from it. Right. It was no matter how successful I am, I'm not leaving my roots. Yes. And those guys do just an amazing job I spent a full day with Eddie. Um, he, first off, he's one of the fastest walkers that I've ever walked behind. He gave us a tour of his like 36 acres one, under one roof. Up, you had to walk? Um, you took yeah. a golf cart. You didn't walk. No, we walked. He made you walk? Well, yeah. I, I took I'm the tough. golf cart. I, oh, took you, the, I got the golf cart. He didn't cart. offer us the golf cart. I should ask him the, next time, Eddie. Might have been after hours when but, we went. Exactly. But, um, and they're actually a customer of ours. They, you know, coffee is what keeps that whole plant going. Yeah, and yeah. so they, they bought community coffee. So we did a whole tour and, and whatnot. And then, and so I'm thinking, okay, this is great. We're in Mount Pleasant. We're at the, the preferred uh, manufacturing facility. It's phenomenal. Everything they do, top quality. And then he's like, you want to see our ranch? I'm like, yeah. I mean, he <laughs> took and showed us all the families, houses, all the history, the, the the history. I mean, who does that? See, and you never get the sense. You never get the sense that he took the stairs down from the ivory tower to hang out with you. He's not going up there. No, he's not doing it. And every time I see him, it's not like we go at an event and he pretends not to know who I am. Like he'll turn around and go, Hey Leah. And he'll remember something from the last conversation. The make you feel important thing. Which is is the make you feel important. He's a rock star. at it. I love some prefer. We've gone over the time. Thank you so much for the second time. This has been awesome. Uh, Just scratches the curiosity (laughs) into like, who are you guys? I love it. I love getting to hear the story. And so thank you for taking time. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you.